from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. In June, St. Louis Mayor Tashara Jones was one of 11 U.S. mayors to sign on to an effort pledging to pay reparations to some of their residents. The pilot project was aimed at showing the federal government how such a program could work. St. Louis Public Radio reporter Chad Davis recently checked in with Mayor Jones on her plans for reparations. His story is out today, and he joins us now. So, Chad, welcome. Thanks for having me. So, in June, Mayor Tashara Jones said, Black Americans don't need another study that sits on a shelf. We need decisive action. Has she taken decisive action on this? Well, I think right now with her and the other mayors in in this coalition, uh, I think it's now up to uh, 12 mayors currently, they... Part of what this action is or what they're trying to do is to create, like you said, demonstration sites or demonstration uh, cities that can show how the federal government could maybe look into reparations. So uh, when, when I spoke to her, it was in the very early phases and it still still is. And part of it is this action, too, is making sure that they actually have uh, form committees within like the region of, you know, black uh, black business leaders and people who are in the city that can kind of come together to create uh, a plan or uh, some type of, um, you know, direction for what reparations need to do or, you know, what, what how they define it. So this could take a number of different paths. Co- correct. Correct. So that's part of why they're trying to get this coalition or try- why some of these cities are trying to build coalitions so they can say, well, maybe this city really needs to focus on these issues because these are the issues that are really plaguing the city and really the issues that are kind of, you know, um, really like uh, widening that racial wealth gap. So right now it's still in the early stages and they they talked of it as a commitment right now. Um, And um, Jones did mention as far as policy wise, you know, trying to make sure that they invest in like qualified census tracts, um, some of the money that could come from the um, federal coronavirus aid. So there are some ideas and some things that they're going towards. And she also mentioned housing discrimination as well, which was something like redlining that she was talking about and the effects that that is had. The fact that some neighborhoods have been so decimated while others are growing. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So those are some of the things that they had talked about and really wanting to focus on. Um, but, you know, it's still a process right now. And so this is interesting. So in these, it's now 12 cities that have signed mm-hmm. on for this effort. Mm-hmm. Um, they might all come up with different plans. It's It's possible, actually. Yeah, because, you know, it's I think right now it's just trying to make sure that these cities each kind of figure out what they need to do and what needs to be done uh, to address uh, the black residents in their cities. So um, I, I know, like, for example, Evanston, Illinois, um, which is like a suburb outside of Chicago, uh, they formed kind of a, a reparations plan uh, at the beginning of this year, I want to say. And, um, you know, the needs of Evanst- Evanston could be different than the needs of some other cities in the country. So yeah. uh, they're all kind of looking at it from from that point of view. So you got this interview with Mayor Tashara Jones to talk specifically about mm-hmm. this. Here's one excerpt from this, uh, how she told you about her thinking on this. The monetary piece is just one piece. Um, When we talk about, when I talk about reparations, I talk about reparations and, because we also have to repair the racist policies that have prevented uh, African Americans in this country, again, from participating in the generational wealth that many of our white neighbors have been able to participate in. 
So that is St. Louis Mayor Tashara Jones. You know, it's interesting, uh, the city of St. Louis's Development uh, Corporation, or SLDC, they're hiring a consultant to create an economic justice action plan. So when she talks about reparations and, is that sort of the and piece, that, that going forward, they want to make this a part of, of policies across the city? I think the and piece is kind of related more so to... You, you have reparations in the form of checks, which um, is something that, you know, um, a, a professor who I spoke with talks about, too. But then it's also, I think, the idea of, well, what needs to happen as well or, mm-hmm. or what's the what, what could also address racial wealth gap and disparities that can be done on a city level. Um, one of the things that they are talking about is like the funds for like actual checks and reparations cities really can't do that i mean that's something that really on a federal level it has to go through because it would cost like 12 trillion dollars approximately to actually um close the racial wealth gap so the and portion it's it's kind of like directed at okay well what what can be done in this and with the powers that they that they have maybe that could be things addressing um housing discrimination mm-hmm. or things that address the effects of uh what redlining had done in the past so looking at some of those things and those initiatives and kind of trying to figure out how those can uh, change the city. So you mentioned you spoke to a professor. This Mm -hmm. is William Darity. He's a public policy professor at Duke University. And he was not that impressed with what this group is up to. He's been very... I think his criticism comes with the word reparations more so than anything. Um, He actually has talked about these uh, applauding these initiatives from cities across the country. But his main worry and concern is that what if these initiatives kind of lead to a diluted federal plan? So for one, if the federal government realizes that, okay, cities are doing certain things and maybe these things um, aren't, obviously they're not enough to actually close the racial wealth gap, well then maybe the federal government, maybe members in Congress will say, well, we don't need to, you know, do $12 trillion, $11 to $12 trillion on this. Maybe we just need to do, you know, less than that. His argument is that, well, that just sets that could set an example that maybe the that maybe won't lead to the wealth gap actually being um, eradicated. So that was his main critique of it. Again, he said that these programs across the city, uh, across all these cities that are doing this, you know, he thinks those are uh, good programs that could lead to things. Just calling it reparations is kind of what he had the the issue with. So it, it sounds like he's on board philosophically, but strategically he worries this could get in the way of what he wants, which is something significantly bigger, something that would literally close this gap. He doesn't know if it would actually lead to that gap closing. Yet yeah. it was interesting. I mean, the statistic in your story where he's saying it would take payments of 280000 to 320000 per eligible black American descendant of persons enslaved in the United States to close this gap. As he's saying, a city like St. Louis can't go around making a payment like that. Exactly. So that's why he really, really believes that the federal government needs to be leading that charge. And and he gave examples, too. You know, uh, the, the descendants of, or not the descendants, but the victims of the September 11th terrorist attacks. I mean, there were reparations paid to them. Even uh, Japanese families also, and, and families who were interned uh, during World War II, there were payments uh, to them too. So what uh, D- Dr. Darity was saying was that, well, we have some of these precedents that have already been established. Uh, 
reparations should be reparations should be on the table because we we've seen it happen before in uh, other federal initiatives. Okay, so he'd like to see Congress take the lead on that. Boy, it's hard to just think about anything getting through Congress, which is what he mentioned as well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was saying like, look, it's going to be difficult with Congress as well, only because of the fact that uh, congressional congressional support right now is going to be difficult from the Democrat side. Uh, and, you know, Biden doesn't – it's a very slim majority that we have in Congress, Democrats have in Congress, so it will be difficult with that. So in the meantime, we do have this this effort that is probably a smaller effort, but that these now 12 mayors, mayors organized for reparations and equity are doing. And so it sounded like you're saying the next step is going to be to get a commission together, uh, representatives of black-led organizations in town. Is the mayor in the process of, of getting that composed? Right now, I don't know where they, where they stand on that currently. Um, I know that, of course, it was something that was – you know that is part of the the mayor's plan the Moore coalition uh but right now i don't know where that stands currently okay so this will be something to follow as the city continues down this road we also did want to mention you know the idea of st louis taking on reparations that sort of triggered some people asking well what about these 500 dollars direct payments that they were hoping to do with some of this covid relief funding now this was not something that was earmarked for residents of a certain race but it was saying for residents who've been hard hit by the pandemic they the board of aldermen signed off on this earlier this summer that there's going to be these direct payments. So we checked in at City Hall this morning. They said they are um, seeking to hire a vendor who would help make that dispersal. The contract has not yet been approved. They may be looking at next month for that to happen, and the payments would not be made after that. So all of these efforts, um, you know, very well-meaning efforts, but sometimes the details can be complicated. Exactly. Um, and And I think even just with how this will, how how these initiatives will go about, you know, and I think even you know how they're labeled, things of that nature. I think it just kind of adds, you know, complications of okay, well maybe they can do this, but they don't have the power, the funds, the money to to do this exact thing. Um, but you know, like the, what even even putting the money to do certain other things and certain other programs, even if it doesn't lead to maybe the the actual wealth gap shrinking tremendously. Um, these are things. Still initiatives that even, you know, Darity had talked about as being, you know, it, it could it could help and it could be something that could, you know, even if it doesn't reduce that racial wealth gap uh, all the way, these could still be initiatives, even if they aren't necessarily reparations in the way that he thinks of them as or the way that is reparations defined could still, you know, cause um some benefits. You know, one last thing I wanted to mention here is there was a group of about 45 St. Louisans who rallied for reparations in Tower Grove Park this this past Saturday. Chad, do you get the sense that there's kind of growing support for this idea among the citizens? I think that's kind of what I was thinking too when I saw that. Um, yeah, it was a it was a group that walked, I think walked on South Grand or so and, and marched. And I think that kind of just shows the uh, how the, the, the argument revolving around reparations has just kind of like grown and expanded. Um, I mean, like you said, it was mainly white people who were even in that march too. And I, I know the Post-Batch ran a story on that. And I, I think that just kind of shows that, you know, these ideas, uh, even as Vivian Gibson said, you know, she's happy these ideas are happening now. Or these conversations are happening now where uh, they're expanding across the board. And um, you know, I think these are good discussions we'll be hearing for probably a long time. Yeah, people are ready to talk about this. Well, St. Louis Public Radio reporter Chad Davis, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. This episode was produced by Alex Hoyer with audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Thank you.
understanding starts here. If you learned something new from today's episode, consider leaving us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the easiest way to help people discover our show. We appreciate it. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.